Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. How are we holding up out there? How is everybody holding up? You know, I woke up this morning with uh, um, maybe maybe a refreshed hope. Maybe, uh, um, I don't know, just a new perspective, uh, maybe. Uh, really got in the word of God this morning and allowed it to, sometimes we need the word of God to reactivate something that has been previously activated. And, uh, you know, last year I wrote the book Gangster Prayer and so many of you guys have read it and you guys have told us. And by the way, I'm going to start doing book clubs. We had, we opened up a book club, um, next it's going to start next week and it was filled up within 30 minutes, which I can't even believe that. So I will be doing these gangster prayer book clubs um, (laughs) until no one cares and no one wants to do them. But I woke up this morning, just um, one of the lines I put in gangster prayer was what's a miracle to them. Autumn. I felt like God told me that he, God did tell me this. I didn't feel it. I know it. What's a miracle to them can be normal to you. What's a mir- what they call, what they, in air quotes, call a miracle, that, that, that word, normal occurrence in your everyday life. And I wrote, a, I wrote about it in Gangster Prayer. And this morning, I, I felt reactivated to um, just pray for miracles. I, we limit ourselves. We, you, listening me, um, speaking, we limit ourselves when we pray small. We limit ourselves when we um, don't ask. We limit ourselves. And I'm not saying this. I, 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 I am desperate for the Lord to move in my life and to continue moving in my life. I don't want to be stale. I don't want to be complacent. As a matter of fact, that's probably one of my greatest fears of all time is to stop relying on the power of God. And I was praying that early this morning. And I want to tell you this, that five minutes ago before I hit record or Dan hit record, because Dan does that, I don't. Um, my husband called me. And he said, Autumn, listen to what God did. Now, he had no idea I was up early praying for miracles. And he called me, and we got a miracle, which is the very thing that I was praying for. So let me, as we open this show, this is not just preacher talk, minister talk. This is a way of life. I. Couldn't even believe it. But when my husband, he'll text me. It's so funny, my husband. Um, he'll be like, everything's good. Everything's fine. But call me when you get a chance. And every time he texts me that, I'm always like, oh, I always drop what I'm doing, whatever it is, and call him like it, immediately because everything's good. But 
call me when you get a chance. And every time I call him, there's something new that has happened. And, and I thought for sure that there was going to be something negative that happened. But rather, he was giving me a report that God was listening, engaged, and active. Even two hours previous when I had asked for a miracle. So you guys, let that encourage you today. My God is your God. Don't limit yourself. Now, that's not what we're talking about today, but I, I'm just really moved because it literally was five minutes before I sat down here to record. Um, today, I want to talk to you about this. Uh, don't worry. God is awesome at providing for you. And I will say that maybe what I just, what I the story I just told you, maybe I should have lumped it into these verses that we're getting ready to talk about. But I, I know that in a time, like this is recorded a week in advance. So um, this will air next week. But um, yesterday, the oil prices crashed terribly, horribly. My husband grew up in Midland, um, Texas, and has friends there and um, family there. And, you know, when something like that happens, I know a lot of livelihoods are built on the oil industry down in Midland. A lot of livelihoods are built on the oil industry in Texas, period. But uh, when something like that happens, we tend to step back and say, God, are you going to provide for me? When oil goes negative, which is was historic, I believe, I don't know if I've ever done that before. Of course, I don't follow oil that much, but when it goes negative like that, you, you tend to step, step back and say, God, do you see? I have a mortgage, I have a car payment, I have children that must eat. Do you see? Will you actually provide? You know, the coronavirus has hit us all in some way, in some way, every single one of us on planet Earth, not just in Texas, not just in the U.S., on planet Earth has been affected by this. Millions, I don't even know what the job report was um, last week. And I and I try I don't watch the news because oh my goodness, it is ridiculous. It's just so negative. I, I actually love to see a, a news story that's positive, like people are getting released from the hospital or you know, something like that. But uh, the bulk of it is, I don't, I don't understand why, why it always has to be so negative. But I do keep up on facts. Um, and, you know, when millions of people, I, I, I saw the report that I don't even know what it was. Dan, do you know, do you know how many people uh, filed for unemployment, have filed for unemployment totally? I would have done my homework if you'd asked me <laughs> earlier. <laughs> But it's a, it's a bunch. It's a bunch. It's a bunch. Millions yeah. upon millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people have filed for unemployment. You know, these small businesses were told really with no notice whatsoever. And my husband and I uh, own a small business. No, no warning whatsoever. 
you have to close. And you sit back and you wonder, Lord, do, do you see that my livelihood is, has literally been stripped from me for reasons that aren't my fault, nor are in my control? Are you, are you still going to provide? You promised to provide, but are you still going to provide? God, where are you, the God of provision in this situation? I know that's where a lot of us are today. I know that's where a lot of us are sort of sitting, which is why I wanted to do this show. God is awesome providing and taking care of us. He specializes in providing and taking care of us. We literally have breath in our body because he knows we need oxygen to keep us alive. He knows the, our lung function, our heart function, our brain function to keep us alive. He is awesome at providing for us. He is awesome at giving us what we absolutely need. A lot of us don't even think, wow, I thank you, Lord, for allowing me to breathe in and breathe out for the last five minutes. We don't even think like that. Why? Because we, there is, there is um, understood trust that we're going to do that. God, let me submit to you, is already providing for your needs by simply giving you oxygen, by allowing your heart to beat, by allowing uh, your brain to function. He is already meeting your needs. But as far as material provision, and providing for our food needs, bills needs. He is also awesome at doing that as well. Um, I want to take you to examples of how God has provided for his people. I was reading uh, uh, Matthew, Matthew 5. Ma no, 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 no. Matthew 14. Matthew 14. And I was reading in a time where we needed special provision um, just in, uh, in our own personal life. And, um, you know, the scriptures have always been like a warm hug. You know, like, like Olaf, like that's what my Bible is to me. It is loved on and it loves me back. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and I was reading this passage of scripture. Um, and I'm going to read it a little bit to you, and then, and then I'm going to start. I'm going to read it after Matthew 14, because, it, because it's, it's more streamlined narrative. Uh, Matthew 14 says this, 14 verse 4. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate. And the hour is already late. So send the crowds away that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. 
ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up toward heaven, he blessed, he blessed the food. He blessed the small amount. He blessed what was sacrificed. He blessed what was surrendered. He blessed the giving heart of the little boy who offered his small amount of food. And breaking the loaves, he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowd. And they ate and were satisfied. They picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. There were about 5,000 men who ate besides women and children. I'm reading this, and I know this story has been preached seven ways to Sunday, but I I, um, I was reading this and, and really allowed that to sink into myself when um, I, I really, really needed it one night. 5,000 men is a lot of men, but it's not the total number of the people where um, God provided food for. Not only were there 5,000 men, there were also women. So we could probably double that crowd to 10,000. And then there was children. And we don't need, I mean, sometimes, you know, couples can have lots of kids. I mean, I have four myself. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I think the governor was like, no, no groups of five or less. Well, there's six people in my family. So what are we going to do? Like leave Moses home alone? No, we're not going to do that. I mean, it is absolutely impossible for us to leave a five-year-old out by himself. So there were a lot of people here, maybe 20,000, maybe 15,000, even if you triple 5,000, you know, that's still a lot of people. And I started being overcome with this idea that, wow, God, in one second, you took a small amount of food, a small amount of, and really the willingness was not on the disciples. The disciples was send the crowds away, and um, the little boy is the one who offered his lunch. So uh, check your heart right there. But here, here you take this small amount of food, and you provide for so many people. Wow. And the Lord said, Autumn, do you think that's impressive? Do you actually think that that's impressive? And I, and you know, me and the Lord were having this conversation. Yes, I think it's definitely impressive. It's amazing. Like, way to go, God. And God says, you know what? I not only provided for 5,000 men plus women and children that day, I want, you to take, I want to take you back to the Old Testament where I provided for 40 years every day for millions of people as they wandered in the wilderness. I stood really amazed at that word. You know, sometimes we're focused on us, but God also wants us to look through the scriptures and say, listen, he did this for those people. He's going to do it for me. And when you step back and you're amazed at the, the feeding of the 5,000 and, and what God did, then take a walk through scripture and it'll lead you, if you're going backwards, to Deuteronomy 29. And this is what it says. 
These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the sons of Israel in the land of Moab, besides the covenant which he had made with them at Horeb. Listen, 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 listen. Verse 2. Deuteronomy 29, verse 2. And Moses summoned all of Israel and said to them, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and all his servants in all his land. The great trials which your eyes have seen and those great signs and wonders, yet to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to know, nor eyes to see, nor ears to hear. Verse 5 says this, I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you, and your sandal has not worn out on your foot. You have not eaten bread, nor have you drunk wine or strong drink in order that you may know that I am God. And I want to, I want to add even more to his dialogue here because every single morning, not only did their, the feet, their shoe, the sandals on their feet didn't wear out or their clothes didn't tear, every single morning they went and they gathered manna for that day, which fed millions of people for 40 years. They also had quail that God sent them to eat. For 40 years, the Lord was alone with their provision. When God told me that, I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, wow, you are letting me in on your heart to provide. You're letting me in on your passion for your people. You're letting me in on your promises. You're showing me how not only is he going to take care of the 5,000 and uh, the nation of Israel for 40 years, he's also going to take care of me. Don't forget the God who provides. The God who takes care of us. God didn't ease up. He didn't look at the people and say, okay, I'm done now. I'm tired of taking care of you. He took care of them supernaturally until, and this is when, until, until they could do it on their own. God will supernaturally provide for you. And I don't know what this looks like to you, but to me, it's been, I, I remember one time going to church and there was an envelope with my name was on it and that's it. There was no, there was nothing in there. And I opened it up and there are five $100 bills. I just happened to need that to pay a bill uh, for myself. My husband and I, there was a guy that come over to our house when we were early married. And he said, I feel like God wants me to give you a hundred dollar check. And we were desperate. We were so, we had nothing when we first got married. And God provided for us. Sometimes it's a bill that's been canceled. Sometimes someone says, hey, come over to my house for dinner. And you're so incredibly thankful uh, for the invite because you didn't really know how you were going to feed your food, your your family that night. Sometimes it's a food bank. Sometimes it's a church. But God will supernaturally carry you because he is excellent at providing for his Children, let me ask you this question. Would you allow your child, if you could help it, to go hungry? The 
answer would be no. God, in his supernatural ways, loves to provide for us if we will accept the help. He provides for us until we don't need it anymore. And then there's some things that he is supernatural to do. Um, in Joshua uh, 5, uh, I, I want to talk to you about the day that the manna ceased in the Old Testament. Well, the sons of Israel camped at Gilgal. They observed the Passover. It's interesting that all this corona stuff happened. When? During the Passover. Um, on the evening of the 14th day of the month on the desert plains of Jericho. Now, the Israelites were about ready to go in and uh, march around Jericho. On the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. Verse 12 says this. The manna ceased on that day after they had eaten some of the produce of the land so that the sons of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate some of the yield of the land of Canaan during that year. God will carry you with his provision and it will look weird and it will come from strange places until maybe you get that job and you're able to provide for yourself. So during this time, of uncertainty, I want to encourage you to throw all of your belief, all of your hope, all of your reliance on to the powerful provider that we call God Almighty. Sitting here today, uh, this morning, as I was praying for a miracle myself, as I told you about when we entered the show today and I, you know, it's warm, it was warm outside this morning. That's why I love Texas, the warm climate, but, um, I'm sitting and staring at the grass and there was a very light layer of dew on the grass. And as I was praying for provision for myself, and a miracle for myself and for my family. I looked at the grass and it was almost like as I was praying for provision for myself, God was giving me a picture of how he cares for the grass. He knew the grass needed that dew, that simple watering to keep it alive, to keep it afloat this morning. And through that vivid picture, he was telling me, I'm gonna do the same thing for you. God is an expert at provision. He rarely works our way. He rarely works the way we want him to, but he knows how to take care of you and he will 100% steward your trust Wow. I hope this encouraged you today. Let me pray for you. Lord, we are in a time that is so un 
stable. We are in a time, Lord, where literally everything we have seems to be thrown up in the air. We're in a time, Lord, where we need you more than ever. That's a good place to be, but Lord, that's a hard place to be. God, I pray for those that are listening today that are desperate. that are confused, that are fearful, that don't know how they're going to feed their families. God, I pray so specifically for them. I pray that you would step up and provide. Maybe it's one of those checks from the government. Maybe it's a stimulus check. Maybe it's an unemployment check. I don't know what it is, Lord, but I know that we need supernatural provision. So God, do what we can't. Come in and encourage our hearts and show yourself mighty. Show yourself strong. Show yourself personally to those who are listening today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I love you guys so much. You can catch me right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Mile Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener-supported, and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.